Star Wars geek girls. They're geek girls that like Star Wars. And sometimes cry. All right, everyone. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Geek Girl. Uh, I am Zoe and I'm here with my friend John Scalisi of the Beskar Bucket and Inflatable Falcon podcast. Um, if you're watching, we have some video. I'm not sure where it's going to go, probably YouTube. Uh, but if you're watching the video, I'm wearing Star Wars pajamas because I just got back from work and my clothes were wet because I work in a water park. <laughs> uh, so I'm in my pajamas for this podcast. It's all good. <laughs> um <laughs> So Lizzie has been really busy and I've been really busy. So we've taken a mini hiatus for like a month, but um, we're finally, I finally get to talk about the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't think we need to do a spoiler free review at this point. Uh, if you're listening to, if you're someone that listens to Star Wars podcasts, I'm sure you've either seen it or had it spoiled for you by now. Um, but do you want to just give like a general reaction you have, you had to this, John? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think overall the 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 finale just gave it, it was a nice conclusion to everything that they had set up. Um, I know me personally, I was a bit underwhelmed by the first two episodes, but uh, I we've we've talked about it on on the Inflatable Falcon where I I was I was a bit underwhelmed with the first two, but I think by the end of it, I was I was very very happy with with how it all ended. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, like you said, it tied up everything very nicely. And for me, it was like, I don't like to, like, I feel like a lot of people go into things like, like with a checklist of everything they want. And like, if it doesn't give them everything, then they're like, oh, that, that was bad. And I don't like to go in like that. I like, I don't like to have like, I want this to happen in like, so like specific things like that. But there were a few specific things I was looking forward to seeing in this show and wasn't sure if we were going to get. And then I got all of them <laughs> in the finale, basically, um, which was just awesome. And it uh, it was the perfect ending. I know some people were saying they wanted a season two. I mean, if they came out with a season two, I would watch it. I'm sure I would probably like it. But I'm very happy with this being the ending if they don't pursue another season, which I don't think they will. But what do I know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, that a lot of people go into these shows with expectations. I mean, as is I do. But it, when when you're disappointed that something didn't didn't go the way you expected it to, I, I think that's that's a bit odd that you you'll mm -hmm. you'll bash the show just because you didn't see everything like there. There were things that that didn't happen that I wanted to see. I wanted to see, you know, more than 30 seconds of, of Qui-Gon at the very end. But am I disappointed by by the show entirely? No, I think it was. I still think it was very well done, even though there everything on my personal checklist wasn't wasn't hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was just such a great finale. I watched it before I went to work that morning. And then I go to work and like I have a few people at work I can talk Star Wars with, but you know, they're like you know, like normal or whatever. So like they didn't wake up at 5 a.m. to watch it before they went to work. So I just had to like hold it in all day. <laughs> Yeah, I was, actually, I was actually I was so actually good. just having this conversation with someone where um, 
like yeah the the as you said the normal people they can they can just watch it in you know when they get off work whereas like me i'm i'm very active on like i don't want to say active but i'm i frequent social media youtube a lot so i i always wake up at 3 a.m as soon as they drop on the east coast and 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 watch the new episode because i know the second i open instagram facebook youtube it's immediately going to be spoiled for me yeah yeah, that's I, I don't do 3 a.m. I'll usually like I think I would wake up like five, six, depending when I had to be at work, and then just like like all right, phone stays plugged in until I watch Obi-Wan. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm the same way I have like because I know I'll it'll get spoiled. Uh like the one the one time when the Mandalorian when the first season was airing, I was in school, but the finale came out on of the season one on the same day that i was coming home from school for the winter Mm. for winter break so i was like i'm gonna wait till i get home and i can watch it with my dad (laughs) and so i was like all right no social media today until i get home like i have a final and then i'm gonna pack and go home and i just out of habit the that morning opened youtube and the day before i've been using youtube to listen to the mandalorian soundtrack so the soundtrack, because he used to post the soundtrack with each episode. And so the soundtrack for the new episode was like, it's like, oh, you were listening to this yesterday. Here's the new one. But the song recommended to me was called A Warrior's Death. And I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And like the picture, then there's another picture. There's a different video with a thumbnail. And it was like Din Djarin's face is all bloody <laughs> in that one shot. And so like that paired with that, I was like, does the Mandalorian die in the Mandalorian? <laughs> like all day like this is all i was thinking about they didn't we're all good but yeah don't use social media before you watch episodes that's my advice yeah that's that's (laughs) that's my biggest gripe with with like the the youtube like breakdown it's like yeah they'll put spoilers in the in the title or or in the thumbnail Mm -hmm. but like the example i used the other day was you know, yeah, it'll say spoilers, but like for season one of The Mandalorian, it'll be like a picture of Moff Gideon holding the dark saber mm-hmm. outside of the TIE fighter. It's like, well, well, there goes that reveal. Yeah. Or my favorite is like TikTok videos and they put it in the caption spoilers. And it's like the video is playing. It's it's there. It's already playing. Like the captions would come up first. Mm-hmm. And the captions like tiny in the corner, you know, but. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Well, we're far beyond that now. It's been out for like a month now. Right. <laughs> so I think we're all good. Um, yeah, I think we don't have to go through that. I have like the Wikipedia page pulled up for the episode just so I don't forget anything I might want to talk about. Um, but we don't have to like go through it scene by scene. Um let's talk about reva okay i think to start because she was really the only like main i would say she was or maybe not the only one but like the most prominent original character to this show and her arc really wrapped up in this episode um and i thought it was i thought it was beautiful honestly i think uh moses ingram absolutely killed it uh, I mean, she actually, she didn't kill it, but her performance <laughs> was um, just phenomenal. It was, I thought it was the whole series and the, the finale, especially, I think she knocked it out of the park. 
Yeah, I agree. I said the uh the first couple episodes, I was I was very underwhelmed with with her character, but again, by the end of the series, I was I was rooting for her to have, you know, that that kind of epiphany moment where she just like comes back to the light. And I was very pleased with with how they how they wrapped up her story. And I'm excited to see what they have for her next. If Moses Ingram chooses to return to the role. Mm -hmm. So because I, I think they left it very wide open for for a lot of these um, original characters to come back. So I, I think Mo, Moses Ingram did a fantastic job. I think she is a wonderful actress and I hope she does come back to to play uh, Reva Reborn, if you will. Yeah, I think. Because her her character, you know, when it starts is, I don't say unassuming because she, she was cool, but it was like, oh, like, Inquisitor lady trying to kill uh, Obi-Wan to get on, to get Vader's favor. Okay, <laughs> like, nothing particularly interesting there. You know, it's, I don't say like all the Inquisitors like that, but like, they're all a little bit like that. Um... And then, you know, we get the reveal in episode five that she was, you know, a youngling and she wasn't really into inquisiting at all. She wanted to kill Vader. And then I think coming that full circle for her to go through an arc and for her to realize like what she had become um, was amazing. And I, I liked how it was, it was all like her I think you could argue that like maybe her conversation with Obi-Wan in episode five maybe started started that turnaround a little bit for her but I really like that it was it was she came to that conclusion herself there wasn't anyone telling her like Luke was unconscious no one was in her ear in that moment telling her to stop or anything it was she was really reflected on herself and completely did it herself and I liked I like seeing that in a character and not having like, I don't say like, I'm trying to think of an example, but like not having like, like, oh, like this person brought her back to the light. Like she, she did it herself. And I really thought that was cool. Yeah. She had every opportunity to, to turn to the dark side in that moment. But I, I think she, she realized that, oh, this is wrong. You know, just because Vader did this to me and my friends doesn't mean that I have to keep doing this. So it because it, in, in a sense, if she did, Vader had already won. So I, I agree with you. I think I think her 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 turn back to the light being completely on her own was it, it was something different because every every redemption that you see in Star Wars, for the most part, is all influenced by another character be that Kylo Ren, Ben Solo with Rey, or Vader with Luke, what have you. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I think, and it is a nice, interesting little parallel, even like we said, like it wasn't an example of Luke pushing her to the light like Luke did with Vader. It is interesting how Luke did play a role in both of their turnarounds. Because um, I think in some ways, uh, Reva's arc I think can parallel Anakin's in some ways where she was really wronged by the galaxy at large and in looking for revenge became the thing 
that wronged her in the first place and played a role in doing that to other people. And I think that's something that you can draw a comparison with both of them. So then having Luke be the the figure that in different ways helps turn them around, I think is an is very interesting choice and I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I like I liked getting to see little Luke in the show. Cause I, I was in the first episode, I was very pleasantly surprised that Leia was the twin we were focusing on and not Luke, because like the marketing was Luke. Uh, Leia wasn't mentioned at all. Um, but I still like Luke, and it was nice to see him get a little bit of spotlight here at the end. Yeah, I mean, after focusing on Leia for for the previous, well, I mean, really for the whole series, it was it was nice to see Luke finally on screen a little bit past him just, you know, playing on the the top of the large homestead. Mm-hmm. So that was honestly after after watching the first five episodes, I was I was a little surprised that we got to see a little more Luke than we already did. Yeah, and I personally was so happy to see Owen again a little bit more because he was super cool in the first two episodes, and he's just a pretty interesting character. But I was really thrilled to see Baru because she hadn't been in there at all and she was like on all the cast lists and stuff like we knew she was there but seeing her not only you know finally get some screen time but also be so kick-ass and like be the one where Owen's like we gotta like get out of here and re- and Bruce like no I got a gun like let's hold right. up it was fantastic yeah, because, I mean, from everything that we've seen, you know, you wouldn't expect Baru to be the one to be like, nope, we're we're going to stay and fight. So I it, it was it was a nice, nice little twist to to see that. And I mean, you want to talk about star studded castings without even realizing it. I mean, casting Joel Edgerton as as Owen back back in 2002 when Attack of the Clones came out. I mean, how would you have known that he would have been one of the biggest stars 20 years later? And have the ability to have have him return as Owen in in the the Obi Wan show. Yeah, and I think and I think um, I think that's something that I'm loving about what Star Wars has been doing is taking actors and bringing them back when they can. Because like you know, like they did with Ewan and Hayden, especially Hayden was someone that was mistreated at the time, and then he gets his redemption i don't think he has to redeem himself from everything like you know he gets to come back and get be welcomed by the fans really it's the fans redeeming themselves for him um and with then on the flip side you have like owen and brew and those actors you know were just kind of bit parts that were almost a little bit of like an easter egg of like oh remember like luke's aunt and uncle that died this is them young isn't that cool and now it's getting them those actors get to come back and flesh those characters out and have these really cool character moments to explore. Cause like Attack of the Clones brew like brings them a plate <laughs> and like it's kind of stands there. Um Miranda says she takes the baby and now she gets to have like lines and like be awesome and have a real like show like what that strong like character that she is. And I thought it was it was really cool. I would recommend the from a certain point of view story from her point of view in a new the a new hope book. If you haven't read it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, you are you were definitely much more of a bookworm than I than I am. <laughs> I am reading 
I'm like a little over halfway through Shadow of the Sith. I'm behind on it because I've been at work. Um, fantastic book, by the way. As soon as I finish it, I have to rewatch Rise of Skywalker because it's like totally shifting what everything I thought I knew about that movie. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> Great book. Uh, yeah. And Padawan comes out tomorrow on the day we're recording this. That's uh, another Obi-Wan book, actually. I still have to finish Stories of Jedi and Sith. I'm, books are piling up. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Brew is great. Um, trying to think. Okay. The next thing, my little sticky note here is Leia. She is not in this episode as much. Yeah, she's kind of just at the beginning when when they're on the ship and then at the very end on, yes. on Alderaan. Yeah, at the beginning, um, you know, he sends her to safety and it's like, oh, Le- like, oh, good, Leia's safe. Like, oh, like, because uh, I said this every episode I talked about Obi-Wan. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. But that little girl that is Leia is so fantastic. I loved every minute she was on screen. I think she just so captures what like Carrie Fisher's Leia would have been at that age. And I just, I have to rave about it every time because I think she's awesome. <laughs> uh, Vivian Lila Blair is her name. Yeah, it's it's not too often that you can get that kind of depth out of out of child actors where they can just perfectly encapsulate what what the character is and mm-hmm. in, in how in their mannerisms. I thought she perfectly portrayed what a 10-year-old Leia would have been very yeah. faithfully to to Carrie Fisher. Yeah, because it's one thing to even just work with a child actor at all and get them to do what you want, but to have a child actor not only give like their own strong performance, but have it so perfectly emulate being a child version of an adult actor, of an adult actor that unfortunately isn't around to, you know, guide and help them and like emulate them or like show them what to do is not that she didn't have direction, but it's still like, like, wow, like incredible props to her. Um, I would love to bring her back as Leia anytime. I know some people were saying like, have Millie Bobby Brown do like a young Leia, like a teenage Leia. But I think I want to wait a few years for Vivian to grow up. She got it. She has it. Yeah. I mean, it, you can't try and reinvent the wheel. <laughs> I, I I agree with you. I'd rather be patient and wait for her to to grow into the role a little bit more than than have a total recasting. Yeah, she's fantastic. And one thing about this episode too was the last couple scenes there was like a a fade out a little bit. So it would like something would happen. Like I think the first time it was like when Reva and Obi-Wan have their moment and it faded out and I was watching us thinking like, oh, like, like I really wanted to see like little Leia again. And then here's the scene with little Leia again. And then it fades out and I'm like, oh, like I really want to see like Palpatine. And then it comes back and then there's Palpatine. And then it's like, oh man, but we can get Qui-Gon. And then it comes like fades out and comes back and there's Qui-Gon. It was like, it kept ending and then giving me the next thing I wanted. It was fantastic. Yeah, the fake out ending, it because <laughs> I, I had the same thing. It's like, oh, oh, that's it. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, there's more. <laughs> and it's like the exact thing. It was like, 
because you know like I said like I try to avoid having like this is my checklist if it doesn't give me what I want like you know but I was like oh like it's a little disappointing we didn't get Qui-Gon oh there's Qui-Gon never mind like oh a little disappointing we didn't get this oh we got it never mind it was just it was fantastic <laughs> um but I thought we're jumping on but I thought the ending with Leia when she has um um the holster mm-hmm. uh and super cute and I think I forget the name of the woman who plays Bran in this series, um, but she does it really well. I, one of my favorite Star Wars books, they're all, one, I say they're all one of my favorites, but one of, one of my favorite Star Wars books is Claudia Gray's Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and Bray Organa is featured a lot in that book, and I think, I forget this woman's name, because she's a recast from the like original, like, one, the Revenge of Sith actress I was in for one shot. But she, I think she really captures the energy that Claudia Gray put into the character in that book. Like, that's exactly kind of how I pictured her. That Like, that kind of, like, you know, like, she has to be a queen and she has to be regal and motherly. But, like, she has her own, like, you know, we know how Leia is. Like, she has her own little, you know, humor to her. And I think she captured that very well. Uh, But I thought the interaction between Leia and Obi-Wan was really sweet. And I, I, lo- I was crying when he was telling her, like, these are the qualities of, that you have of your mother and your father. And, like, I was just, I was crying. I cried a lot in this episode. Oh, yeah, I did, too. It was <laughs> the, the one thing that, that Deborah Chow uh, really nailed is throughout the season, but specifically in the, in the finale, which was very emotional. It, it got a lot of a lot of reactions out of me. And and I think the, and again, kind of jumping around here, but the the biggest tearjerker moment was was when the when Anakin was looking Obi Wan in the eye, mm-hmm. and that that got a, a big old big old swell out of me. Yeah. So, I think, and I think it's something we have to give major props to Deborah Chow and the, also the writing team and everyone that worked on the show because this is a relationship between two characters that had that was such a main focus for I'm gonna say two movies it wasn't as much in the Phantom Menace but for two whole movies and having especially you know you have such an iconic battle and ending scene between them uh, in Revenge of the Sith and it's such a you know such a huge moment and it's defining for the whole the entire franchise really and it's like not that she was trying to beat it, but it's like, okay, where do we go from there? Like, how do we top that? You know? And like, I think she totally nailed it. Like, this is exactly what like I wanted from their react um from their interaction. And it like, you know, I mean, this is a relationship that has, you know, people have talked about for so many years and what it means. And I think they really they handled it with the care and the respect that it deserved and there was definitely a recognition of like this really means something and how they how they treated it was very important and I they nailed it (laughs) yeah I mean so the I think everyone has what they'll think of as their Star Wars moment and mine has always been the the battle of the heroes heck I've got it I've got it tattooed on my on my arm 
And and to to go back in in and see the 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 battles between Obi-Wan and Vader in in the Obi-Wan series, be that episode three or episode six, I think that they I think you're right. They they really they took what was there, made it better, because obviously you've got, you know, it's a different point in the in the characters' lives and we have better technology to to make <laughs> it flow better. But I, I think they they took what was there, improved upon it, but still paying homage to to the the duel from episode three, because that's that's very important to me. Seeing those two characters fight as as who they are is is that that's undoubtedly the most important relationship and 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 quality for for them to keep intact. Which I I I've got a very strong feeling this is probably some of the last we'll see of of Anakin slash Vader and Obi-Wan in live action, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm glad they, they, they kept that, you know, respectful, if you will. However, I will say, I think the biggest miss the, of, of that battle is I wish they would have sampled battle of the heroes in the score. Yep. But I've got fan edits to go back and watch <laughs> if I really want that. But I think overall it was it was very well done from just from a fight choreograph standpoint, let alone, you know, the the dialogue thereafter. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Battling or sampling um Battle of the Heroes was a miss. Um, because that I mean that sound is just that song is just so iconic. Um, and it would have been really cool, but they did so much else right. I can't even, <laughs> you know. Um, and we, we can move on to that fight that was the next thing on my list because like wow I think I said when I we podcast about episode three and we had that first interaction between Vader and Obi-Wan I said that hit me like a truck like that was crazy like oh my gosh I think this battle hit me like an entire freight train like this was just it was awesome um and like I was just, I was on the edge of my seat and cutting it, cutting between Riva chasing Luke created a nice amount of tension too, I think. Um, it's so interesting because it's like with any, and this goes for a lot of Star Wars things. Like I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, all of these characters still need to be alive in the next 20 years. I know they're fine, but like it's still that tension it still gets to me every time, no matter what. Um, but the Obi-Wan doing the, you know, the, like the pose, mm-hmm. that's, I, I've been waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just cool. Um, and like the Vader kind of besting him at first and the, throwing him under the rocks and then Obi-Wan doing the like avatar earth bending, throwing him, I don't know. So cool. I don't need to describe everyone's that. <laughs> man. And the the mask split was great. And I think what I appreciated about it most, and this is just how I feel, but it it was it was Rebels. It was Siege of or not Siege, it was uh, Twilight of the Apprentice, but it didn't feel like it was like a copy of it. You know what I mean? Like it was, it felt like its own thing. And it was like, I still watched it. And as soon as I was like, oh, it's like, you know, like Ahsoka. But it's still, 
it's it didn't feel like oh like oh they're ripping off rebels it felt like this was its own thing you know what i mean yeah i think it was a nice there, there's a fan poster out there that that i it, it it gave a lot of clarity so you've got the the right half of of vader's mask was cut by ahsoka you've got the left side was cut by obi-wan but yet luke was the one to to totally mm-hmm. remove the helmet i i think it's it's a very nice parallel to see the three most important people to 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 anakin kind of chip away at at vader at certain at different points points in his life so i yeah. i thought that was a that was a really nice parallel and and to open up the mask with and so that way obi-wan could see anakin he could physically see through vader for them to have that that dialogue and that conversation i think was was very impactful and the the blending of the voices was beautiful and perfectly done and the the way they use light using blue and red between their lightsabers um it was absolutely it was amazing i'm like getting emotional thinking about it now it was just so good it was like there's you know that i've like there hasn't really been a star wars thing i haven't liked like i'm always like oh that was good but it's this is the first thing i think honestly in a while where i've been like wow like this this is good star wars like this is awesome you know um yeah most fans would call us shills yeah because we love everything i like everything (laughs) um (laughs) uh yeah but like this was something that just really punched me in the gut harder than most things. It was fantastic. I especially I liked the line Anakin has Anakin slash Vader. It's a debate, I guess, of of you didn't kill um, Anakin Skywalker. I did, and the because like I was talking about with friend of work. So he's like, I need to know what you think. Like, do you think it was? like Anakin trying to make Obi-Wan feel less guilty or was Vader like kind of taking like ownership of his actions and trying to be proud and I I think it was both I think Anakin and Vader have that duality and have all of that within them I think there's still that it's like Anakin's always been prideful and Vader's very prideful but I think you know I think we can see the we could, we see literally the cracks in the armor in this scene. Vader is is vulnerable to certain people, and Obi Wan is one of them. And I think in this scene, I think we see a bit of. Oh, Vader wants to hurt Obi Wan, but there's that part of him that's still his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that line of of you didn't kill Anakin, I did. I think that that sheds a lot more light for the rest of the series than than people were aware of at front because if you think think back to to a new hope where he says you know darth vader murdered your father essentially mm-hmm. and return of the jedi well you said vader betrayed and murdered my father well what i told you is true from a certain point of view it, <clears throat> that i think that clears up whatever you would call a plot hole would be and 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 I I think that that shines a lot more light on okay so Obi Wan was was telling the truth when he told that to Luke mm-hmm. because it, in his heart of hearts Vader believed that he had killed anything left of what was Anakin Skywalker 
So I, I that that line specifically gets me every time because I, I think about that that moment with Luke where he's like, well, you lied to me. He's like, nah, but I didn't, though. If you were there, you would know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was such a such a heavy scene. I like Vader, the shot. Um, I know some people said that cinematography in this show has not always been as impressive as like the Mandalorian was and I tend to agree a little bit but the shot from above of Vader as he calls out to Obi-Wan as Obi-Wan leaves that was beautiful it was perfect (laughs) um and just just everything about that scene um because something that I has like that strikes me and I talk about this in another episode too was like there's different Star Wars things will use Vader as either a figure or a character and there, there could be a little bit of both we have like Jedi Fallen Order Vader is a figure there's nothing but the character of Vader it's he's there to be scary same thing in Rogue One really mm-hmm. um where you have like this where it's about the character of Vader um, and I think what's so interesting to for me when we have like the character of the Vader, the character of Vader is like really the only people that could kill Vader can't kill him because the only people that have come close are uh, Ahsoka on Ma- Malakor, Obi Wan here, and Luke on the second Death Star. You know, they all really had Vader kind of at their mercy, less Ahsoka than the other two. Um, but they also, the, they're the only people in the galaxy that could beat him, and they're the only people in the galaxy that cannot kill Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's such an interesting thing to explore. Yeah, it's 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 interesting when you when you put it that way, where nobody can really, I, I don't even think the Emperor could take on vader realistically yeah he could shut his suit down but i mean that that would totally throw a wrench in in his in his plans for mm-hmm. the galaxy and you're right obi obi-wan had every opportunity there to 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 strike vader down and to put an end to it but i think if in in that moment if he hadn't seen anakin's face i truly believe that that obi-wan would have been capable of of killing vader because he he wouldn't have had that that humanization of right this is this is Anakin underneath here and uh i think i think the the same with ahsoka i I, I think i think if if she if she hadn't seen anakin's face and and had that that reality come to her like this is this is my my former master mm-hmm. I, I think i think the same thing she she would have been able to do it and 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 not feel feel regrets about it i think the only one that that couldn't even kill vader would have been luke because he knew this is my father there is i sense the good in him i think i think he he yeah you can look at okay he cut his hand off and and he sees the machinery underneath everyone cuts vader's hand off. (laughs) right (laughs) yeah but i think i think luke is the only one who wouldn't have been able to kill vader nor anakin from a moral standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just so, you know, cause like even with like, even Ahsoka, like I always think like when she jumps on him and does that cut that does slice open his mask, 
I'm like, she could have gone a little deeper, you know? And whether it's just that still like instilled Jedi training of trying to disarm, not kill, or if it's, if it was a little bit of hesitation on her part, you know, even before seeing the mask, but it's, you know, cause like no one else, no one else ever gets even close. I mean, I'm not on the comics, but in the books and the screen material, no one even gets close to killing Vader. Escaping, outsmarting, maybe. Not, not even beating at all. No one can. And I think, you know, the people, you know, the only people that, like I said, the only people that could really can't do it. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, I love the, the, the emotion that, that they, they kind of portrayed through that too. Like you can see it in, in Ewan McGregor's performance where mm-hmm. he, he, you know, you can feel the weight on, on his shoulders there. It's like, I could end this whole conflict right now, but I can't kill my best friend. I can't kill my brother. So I, I, I think that was, that was very well, very well done by, by everyone involved, especially Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. who, I mean, he he's been he's been a character actor his entire life so being able to being able to see and feel that emotion in in very few words he did not have a lot of dialogue in that fight other than i'm sorry and goodbye so just just being able to see you could see that in his eyes where it was it was very very hurtful for him to to have to sit there and 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 do this yeah, and I, I also want to give a major, major props to Hayden Christensen's acting. He had like three quarters of his face covered and his voice was being blended with another person's voice. And that performance still really stood out. Uh, but yeah, like you said, with Obi-Wan, I think another thing was getting getting to see Obi-Wan be able to say, I'm sorry to his face was something because he he sort of I can't I don't think he said the exact words I'm sorry in Revenge of the Sith um but he he says I failed you just you know but getting for him to just actually just apologize was incredible because it's not you know I'm there's another this is a hot topic I'm not of the opinion that Obi-Wan was too responsible for Anakin's fall I think there's a lot of factors and maybe Obi-Wan played a part in certain ones, but I, I would never say that it was Obi-Wan, but obviously he feels that guilt. Um, but I think I'm sh- it definitely meant a lot for Obi-Wan to be able to say that. And I think as much as Vader wouldn't really think it would, um, I think that meant something to Vader, even if it was just being insulted kind of like how dare he you know Mm -hmm. um yeah such an incredible incredible scene it was like something that really the entire show was building up to and it really felt like you know even though it was far far from even conceived felt like something the movies really led up to too yeah and and i think like you said he he didn't apologize in in Revenge of the Sith, in a matter, for a matter of fact, he he put all of the blame on Anakin, where he, you know, you're supposed to bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness. 
so I I think that that was a nice little redemption, so to speak, for for Obi Wan to say, you know what, I had I had a part in this. I failed you. I'm sorry. So in kind of kind of jumping back to what you said of having having his voice, Hayden Christensen's voice, distorted with James Earl Jones. Man, that got me. <laughs> <laughs> Because that they they did the same thing with with Matt Lanter in mm-hmm. uh, in Twilight of the Apprentice, and I again the parallels between the two are are incredible. But I look, I'm I'm a Revenge of the Sith fanboy through and through. I own 112 copies of the movie, which that was a bet. Listen to to the Inflatable Falcon if you want to hear <laughs> more on that because we point we poke at it every week. But uh, you know, in 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 just hearing hearing Hayden Christensen's voice that brought me back to being five years old see you know watching that and then and just having having James Earl Jones cut in there there were a couple there were a couple points and again this is me just being a, a nitpick Star Wars nerd where where I would have I'm thinking like eh, maybe James Earl Jones would have been a better fit than than Hayden Christensen's voice for for very specific lines but just having the two intertwined really, really, it was a seamless blend between the mm-hmm. two because Vader and Anakin are two very different characters at the end of the day, just because they're the same person. I don't think they're the same character. I, so. I do think the Hayden, you didn't kill Anakin. And then James Earl Jones, I did was so top tier. Just, yeah, it was just such an incredible scene and seeing the shift obi-wan because obi-wan started you know he did his little fighting pose and he was like he's like i have to kill vader like this is this is it you know and seeing that and comparing it to at the end of that fight for both of them because vader's like oh time to go kill obi-wan like i messed him up pretty bad last time let's do it from and that that him at the end of that fight, especially after he he very briefly had the high ground. Um, <laughs> I know they would. I know why they didn't do it because it's too mimi. But I was a little bit like, come on, just say you have the high ground. Like you got it, just do it. I know why it was too me. It would have been too mimi. It would have broken it a little bit. But yeah, I. <clears throat> I guarantee they thought about it and decided oh, not to. <laughs> I guarantee that's a blooper somewhere. <laughs> but I, I think the the one thing that that a lot of people, or at least not that I've heard of, have talked about is is the the intelligence behind that fight scene, where because it's it's really it's it's a tale of two halves. You've got Vader. Vader wins the straight up fight because Obi Wan just tried to take him one on one. You know. Anakin slash Vader has always been better in, in, in head to head combat. I don't think that that's debatable in any fashion, but in the second half after, after he lifts the rocks off the top of him and, and, and goes back after him, he outsmarts him. And the, the one thing that, that, that Obi-Wan preyed on is Anakin slash Vader's impatience. If if he gets knocked off his balance, he gets frustrated. And when he gets frustrated, he loses. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought I thought it was really, really nice to, you know, for him to use the like you said, the the avatar moment where he starts throwing the rocks at him to actually to physically knock him off balance 
to then mentally throw him off his game. I thought that was very well done and, and, and very smart for them to do. Yeah. And I think, and that's something we saw, you know, in the previous episode with the, both the flashbacks and with Obi-Wan knowing like, yeah, he's not going to do a siege. Like he's coming down. Like it was, you know, like the, the fact that like Obi-Wan can use that tactic really over and over again with Anakin um, slash Vader, I think shows that, you know, how well he knows him and like, just, yeah, I don't, yeah. Know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I, th- I think if they, if they had used that, take out Obi-Wan and insert any other character in, in the Star Wars universe, I would sit there and I'd call BS, be like, there, there is no way they would know that Vader will go after them just for, for X, Y, Z reason. But I, I think that, that Obi-Wan knows Anakin too well to know. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's more worried about me and killing me and getting his revenge for, for turning him into Vader. than he's worried about, you know, a hundred people on that, on that cruiser. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that, that Obi-Wan is the only character that, that they would, successfully be able to use that as a as a plot device of no he wants me not you yeah um because that's where you know while there are many ways in which Anakin and Vader are distinct that's where we see the blend you know because Anakin I wouldn't say Anakin had like a one-track mind but if there was something something he cared about or something he was he was passionate about that was that was like his focus it was often Padme in the Clone Wars and in like Attack of the Clones but you know and even like you know we saw in the Clone Wars sometimes like if Soka was in trouble it was like I don't care about anything else I need to get my paddle on you know mm-hmm. um like when she's kidnapped by the Trandoshans and there's Plo Koon being like you haven't slept in three days and he was like gotta find Ahsoka you know like that's that's what drives him so seeing that that portrayed invader i think was really cool especially because before this his one interaction with obi-wan was a new hope and we i think there's we can still you can still glean that that passion and that anger there but you know in that movie just you know because it was the first one vader's quieter and we don't get to see that awesome vader rage i my favorite thing is when villains rage like maul kylo ren i just i like it when they just fly off the handle (laughs) and getting to see that with vader is just so awesome yeah but you know you can't have ying without yang Mm -hmm. you the the thing that thing that makes star wars villains so great is yes you've got those moments where they're filled with with rage and they're just they're completely flying off the rails but then you also you've got those slow sadistic moments that really that round them out mm-hmm. and, and make them make them a, a smarter better villain so i i agree with you it is it is so fun to watch like the the rogue one the hallway scene yeah that's that's, that's fun <laughs> but you you can't have you can't have the the hallway scene without having the 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 tactile duel with luke on bespin Mm -hmm. i I think those those two things together 
are why why we have some of the the greatest villains in in history yeah. in Star Wars. And I think the fact that Vader walks that line so well is what makes him such an iconic villain and it's why we keep coming back to him. I know there are some people it's like we have Vader comics, Vader's and everything like like you know enough. And you know that's a valid opinion if that's your opinion. I can't get enough of Vader because of how awesome he is both as an imposing figure like there's in, there's one of the books i believe it's it's either myths and fables or dark legends but i think this story's in myths and legends but it's about this dark imposing figure that comes through with a red blade and wipes out a town like and so that like kind of mythology that vader brings with him and that as a figure but then also exploring him as a character and his passion and his drive and the ways he's similar to anakin skywalker and the way he's not um makes him so interesting and i think that's why we keep coming back to him and not only why we come back but why it works and why every time we want more vader <laughs> always yeah i'm i'm i've said this a thousand times i'm always in the camp of more star wars is good star wars and and vader vader is the the greatest villain in cinematic history arguably Obviously, a Star Wars fan is going to say, yeah, 100%. (laughs) But I I think that there's no such thing as too much Vader. Now, there might be too much in one medium. You know, if if the Obi-Wan show would have been 90% Vader and 10% say Reva or Obi-Wan, then yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, they kind of overused Vader. But as a whole, I mean... Vader has earned that right to for for me to say I'll take anything I can get of the character mm-hmm. because he's so it's he's such a deep character and and there's so much to him that we've hardly even scratched the surface on so I I, th- I think the 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 notion that that you know there's too much Vader out there I think is is a bit is a bit asinine just to be blunt <laughs> if you want a Darth Vader uh some Darth Vader book wrecks I'll I can hit you up for this. <laughs> Look, I I will gladly accept them. If you're Just a reader, <laughs> don't don't expect them to be read anytime this yeah. this decade. Absolutely. Um, I'll I'll just plug now. Lords of the Sith, great Vader book. Also, a really good Palpatine book. Um, and then um, I really like Thrawn Alliances. It's my favorite of the Thrawn trilogy. I know a lot of the people who are big in the Thrawn don't seem to always like it as much because they're like oh what's Vader slash Anakin doing in my Thrawn book but I'm like yes Anakin so you know but great Vader book also and great Thrawn book I think so I know um so the last thing I'll talk about a little bit is the ending there's a, a couple of ending scenes that kind of tied everything up in a nice bow we talked about the one with Leia already um, I like the one with Vader calling Palpatine. I feel like it was another kind of Rebels parallel where Vader's like, Obi-Wan, like, no, I don't, I don't care about Obi-Wan. It was a similar thing in, um, uh, in Rebels when he, I think he, I think there's also a call with Palpatine or someone where he was like, like, no, I don't, I don't care. Ahsoka, the apprentice, you mean? I don't, I don't care who that is, you know? Another very similar. I I just I bring everything back to Rebels, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was a pretty neat scene. Also, just every anytime I get to see Emmett Gurman, 
is a great time. I know people didn't like, didn't always like Rise of Skywalker for that reason. I just, he's great. You know, I like seeing him. So yeah, my my only thing was I thought the makeup looked a little wonky, but I mean for one, I, less than a minute, and it was a hologram. Which right. can which the you know when they impose like the hologram image that can always flatten it out and make it look a little wonky too. So yeah, I can I mean, be I can be forgiving. Yeah, I trust me. If if anyone is forgiving, it's me. I don't care. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this uh, on the the latest episode of the Beskar Bucket where they could put a, a six episode series of just the cantina band playing music. And I'll say it's the, the greatest <laughs> thing put on television, but I, I, uh, I, 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 like you said, I, I was very happy to see, to see Ian McDermott back again. So I hope, I hope it's not the last time we see him. So I, it's, it's, it's funny to, to think that, that he's been playing this character for, for almost 40 years now. Yeah, oh. he has besides, um, like you know, like Mark Hamill and uh, Harrison Ford. I think he has no. Well, now that because this came out after Rise Skywalker, he's got the he's got the record now. I think for a long time playing a Star Wars character. Well, I'm trying. Well, we have to think how many years he's he's get he's tied. And maybe they might have another year or two on him. I think. Anthony Daniels might have him. You know what? Yeah. Well, was it Anthony Daniels in this show? I don't know if he was in the suit or not. I I know I know at least his voice. He was did in the there. voice. I'm not sure if he was in the suit. I mean, the voice counts. Yeah, yeah I mean, Anthony Daniels would have him. Yeah. That. Go Anthony. What a lad. Um. Yeah, I just he. Anytime, honestly, they you know, they they don't have to put makeup on him, and I'll be like, okay, sure, let's pop team, just like pull the hood down real low, like that meme of Kermit, right? I don't care, <laughs> yeah. And then, real quick, before we get too far into the ending, I I, I want to get your thoughts on what did you think of, of all of the, the, the new character, the new background characters we got? Because the the one that sticks out to me is I, I love Kamal and Johnny, uh, and I I loved Haja as a character. So yeah, Haja, I he's fantastic. It was a good fit for that actor, I think. Not that I think he can't do like a serious role or anything. He certainly can, but I think he really shines when he can bring a little bit of flair to it. You know, like even in like Eternals, his character can be a little bit sillier than some of the others. Um, sometimes. Uh so that's like that was something I think like I think he was very perfectly cast and I just I love the idea of just like I don't know this sounds terrible I love scam artist characters they're always mm-hmm. just such a pleasure they're so much fun um and I love also that his and this also sounds terrible I love also that his scam was pretending to be a Jedi in a time where Jedi were being hunted like Obi-Wan's reaction to him completely understandable because everyone's like man i'm like all my friends are dead like my whole life is turned upside down and here you are trying to be me (laughs) right um i just he was such a delightful character and i love how like yeah he was like a scam artist but he had his morals and he you know 
I know some people said that they thought they felt it was too quick a turnaround of like, oh, he's just helping them now. He's not like doing his thing. But I think from the very first scene, yeah, he was like scamming this woman and her kid out of some money. Not great, but he got them to safety. You know, like, I mean, not to sound like him, but he got them a ship to safety and made sure they got to wherever they wanted to go. You know, he didn't do it honestly. He took a little money from them, but you know, some of that money certainly goes towards keeping his contacts or however he was getting those ships. So like, yeah, I mean, like he said, he, he did what he said he was going to do just with lighter pockets. Yeah. And I, so I think, I think the idea that like, Oh, well now he's just like a, like a great guy helping him out is I don't, I don't think that's anything out of character from the moment we saw him. He was, he was helping people, you know, getting some money, but helping people. Um, and you know, it's cause it's like, it's, it's a very easy thing to do with and a very nice way of looking at things with characters of like, Oh, like, you know, it's a fictional character. They can just help people and like not worry about themselves, but you know, it's a little bit more grounded to be like, yeah, he wants to help people, but like, he's got to eat, you know, he has to feed a kid. I don't know if he was like paying that kid or what, what that situation was on that planet, mm-hmm. but like you know like he had his he had himself to take care of too and he couldn't help people he couldn't take care of himself so like it's a nice idea of being completely selfless but you know it's a tough galaxy out there i i really hope at at d23 or or at one of these upcoming events that they 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 announce something with with come on come on ninjiani and uh oshea jackson because i also i really liked roken's character too roken was cool i I'm still, they announced that Lando series at D23, like, what, a year or two ago now? Mm-hmm. I'm still, that's what's keeping me going. I love Donald Glover's Lando. Um, so, and, well, my main wish is Taika Waititi gets to direct an episode of that show, because I mm-hmm. think that's just a great combination. But now I want Haja to meet him. Yeah. I just think that'd be fun. I think they could play off each other really well. I don't know what that interaction would be. Don't know how it would work. I still want it. I think it would be great. Throw Hondo in there. You got a perfect. Throw Hondo. Oh, that's. I am waiting on live action Hondo. I know I'm like the one that's usually like, oh my, like I keep my characters animated, please. Like I, I would like a animated Rebel sequel maybe instead. But um, not that I'm like you know not excited for Ahsoka. But Hondo's one. I'm like get him get him like you already have him in galaxy's edge and he looks great and that's not even a person like Mm -hmm. bring him bring him out (laughs) yeah i i agree with you i wish there there were some characters that would stay animated like like cad bane in in the book of boba fett was cool but he he was he was a better character animated um i I don't know why but i i always have a much easier time with the transition to live action animated than the other way around Mm -hmm. like Zeb, I love it's I'm having a hard time because I'm like Zeb gets so underappreciated. Like he needs to be with the other rebels in the Ahsoka show. But please God, don't make me look at a live action like Lasat. Jedi Fallen Order was a little rough on me. I don't I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with you there. It's the the I had a little bit of a hard time with the Grand Inquisitor. Um I just think because I don't know if they edited it or what, but he 
I think looked a lot better in the show than in that first trailer because that first trailer I was still very hype and I was like oh Grand Inquisitor but I was also like oh kind of you know that yeah. little but I think I did I I warmed up to it I'll say oh yeah I in I I think a lot of that lends to the fact that that Rupert Friend absolutely nailed the character mm-hmm. so the 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 visual aspect I I was a little bit easier on once I saw him as a character. Yeah. And I think the fact that he didn't have too much screen time might have helped too. He was just a little bit more there to move things along and the focus was on Reva. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. One missed opportunity. And I know they were talking about there was original drafts where Cody was in it. And I just, I don't know why. But for some reason, ever since I was a kid, Commander Cody has just always, like, he's, like, I feel like everyone has their clone. I don't know. But Cody is mine. I don't know why. I really don't have a reason. I just, I just like him a lot. And I would like to see him, but. Hey, at least you're Bad Batch. At least your clone has has some depth to him because mine's mine's Captain Kagi. Oh, it, it, it's look who that is. Uh, he was he was the captain of the Emperor's shuttle in in Revenge of the Sith. I don't actually know if he got any screen oh. time in the Clone Wars. I, There's a again. picture of him here from the Clone Wars. Oh, maybe not. There's a, there's a picture of a clone from the Clone Wars that popped up when I looked at him, but it's not on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, and and the only reason is just because I remember that line of uh, when they're in the Senate room, uh, tell Captain Kagi to prepare my shuttle, and that's it. That's the that's... guy. Again, Revenge of the Sith. That's my movie. That's I I preach it from the hilltops. Greatest film ever created. That's just me, but uh, yeah, I I think if look, Kathleen Kennedy wants to do it. Ewan McGregor wants to do it. I think a season two is more likely than than we would imagine. Mm-hmm. Now, if if they can if they can craft a story that that fits, I think that's going to be the the final catalyst to if if they can actually bring it bring everything back for a second season. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think, especially being being that Tamora Morrison is is Star Wars royalty now, I I think I. They would have no problem getting well, getting he Cody was, back. He was in this season, yeah. I would love to see. The only problem is, like you said, crafting good story. Because even when this show was first announced, there was a little bit of hesitancy, even a little bit from me of like, how are they going to do this? And it's going to feel right with him, you know, being in exile and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to have that challenge again because there's going to there's going to be a point where it's like, well, how much stuff did this guy do? His exile wasn't so boring, you know. Um, but if there's a season two, Cody, that's my guy. Hondo, please. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just want, I just need that. I think their dynamic is so great. And I love the idea of getting to see you and McGregor, Obi-Wan, get to play off of Hondo. Because James Arnold Taylor did it very well, and I just want to see what that is with you and McGregor, um, and how you know how a 
how Obi-Wan, you know, like you said earlier, this, this character at a different stage in his life, how an Obi-Wan at this stage of his life is going to handle Hondo differently than really like peak Obi-Wan back in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I uh, truthfully, I think it would, because I mean, we got, we got, you know, sarcastic Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars. I think this would just be more annoyed. Like, really? Come on. This was 15 <laughs> years ago. We're, we're still playing this bit. Yeah. Well, and then also, Hondo's at a different phase in his life. I'm I'm not entirely sure the exact timeline, but when we meet him in Rebels, <clears throat> he doesn't have a crew anymore. He's not as rich. Doesn't even have his little monkey lizard. You know, so I think it'd be interesting to see what that Hondo... Because, you know, Hondo's still Hondo everywhere. Right. But... There's a little bit of a difference in how that Honda would play off of Obi-Wan and how Obi-Wan would feel. Because not that I think, I don't say Obi-Wan didn't care about Hondo, but he kind of didn't, you know, not like a f- real friend would, not in the way he cared for other Jedi, especially like, you know, like Anakin or Ahsoka. Um, so, but I wonder if seeing this, you know, this pirate, this once very successful man he knew, be a little bit more down on his luck. If that would, you know, that obviously Obi Wan is in a worse situation, but if you'd feel it, just like a little modicum of pity. Yeah, I, I think, I think the one thing for for a second season that I know a lot of people, including myself, would want would be would be Qui Gon. More Qui Gon. That but was I, yeah. It, Read from a certain point of view Obi Wan's story because Qui Gon, Qui Gon talks to him in there. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I just I think I think the only the the thing that a lot of people don't realize is is Liam Neeson. I don't I don't know if you had saw his quote. I think it was from Variety, um, where he wasn't going to come back originally, but but he he did it as as like an unofficial favor to George Lucas, mm-hmm. and so I I I think that getting getting Liam Neeson to come back would be in in a in a larger role would mm-hmm. be a very tough ask. Yeah, I would cuz we know from from a certain point of view that Qui-Gon would appear kind of periodically to Obi-Wan to offer some words of wisdom, to talk things out. So I could see if maybe he, you know, might work if he just has like a minute or two of screen time, like maybe per episode or even every other episode. They can get, you know, get that limited amount cuz they certainly have to pay a lot, but ultimately I think it it could be worth it from a story point of view, but also if you can't get Liam Neeson back. Can't get Liam Neeson back. Disney is the you largest know? conglomerate on the planet. They'll if they, do it. No, they'll they can do it. shell out some cash if they <laughs> if they really it. want to. They'll do it. Yeah. Um, especially after I feel like I mean I don't know I guess I don't know all the how everything works, but I feel like the show is a success. I think you know as much as maybe a slightly above average because the way that all Disney things are an ex- success because like everyone's like oh solo flop solo profited a good bit <laughs> yeah I I think that's that's something a lot of people don't realize is just because you know you didn't like it doesn't mean that it was a flop Disney hasn't lost money on anything that they've put out so I think that Yes, you could say it wasn't it wasn't critically well received would be a better way to say that. But to say that it flopped from I mean, from a business standpoint is just ignorant to say. 
Lucilla so. was awesome. So. Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, right? Yeah, I I will say this, though. I, I, I made this comment after, after episode six had come out, and it took my dad three days to watch it. So kudos to you, you and your dad, for, for watching them <laughs> together. I don't have that kind of patience. He... He well, my dad nights. wakes up crazy early with me watching him, so we're in the same boat. <laughs> oh God, that'd be like pulling teeth. My dad works <laughs> nights, so I can't. I couldn't uh, get see, him to wake up. My dad, up. he's a teacher, so he's on summer vacation. So mm-hmm. even during the school year, he would just wake up before because they're all on Wednesdays and Fridays. So he would just wake up early before we went to school. Yeah, but I I, I had made the comment of uh, it was nice to see uh, you know more laid back Qui Gon. He definitely definitely let the edge off. In the in the afterlife, you know, see him a little bit more sarcastic and not so dry was uh, was nice to see. You know that 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 the the first line of it took you long enough. I don't mm-hmm. think you would I don't think you would have seen that in the in the Phantom Menace. No, and that's something I think. Like again, I'm pulling it back to the books. Master and Apprentice from Claudia Gray. We see like a little bit of that in his like personal narrative, but again, he's not always saying it. Um. And I just love, you know, he's loosened up a little bit. I guess, you know, dying and becoming a immortal force ghost will put things in perspective. Right. <laughs> Actually, speaking of speaking of Liam Neeson, is he coming? Because you were at Star Wars Celebration. Obviously, I was not. Is he going to voice Qui-Gon in Tales of the Jedi? Uh, I was not in that panel. That's like the one panel I wanted to go to. I think I think I was like doing something during that one or something. Um, from what I understand, because I knew a few people who did, few people who did get into that panel, it's not dialogue heavy. Like there's very very little dialogue actually. Like they didn't even say if like Ashley Eckstein would be voicing Ahsoka or not. I don't think. You know, like I know like the like the one who plays Aiden Versio was voicing Ahsoka's mom, but there's very little dog. So I could see them just being like, we could get Liam Neeson, but wait, Qui-Gon could just not talk, <laughs> you know? And that if that just fits what they're going for with the show. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll find out. That comes out, they said this fall, right? Yeah, I think so. Bad Batch, Bad Batch is, is this September. Fall. September, do they have a date yet? Oh, I think so. They keep announcing all these things because I remember Celebration. I was like, everything was like this fall. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have a job. Yeah, September uh, 28th is. Uh, nice. Okay. First... I need to write that down. Um, yeah. It's it's going to be a crazy, crazy couple months for, yes. for Star Wars because. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, because you've got Andor coming out at the end of next month. Uh-huh. That's that's 12 episodes or don't or I forget think... Lego Star Wars summer vacation in like 10 days. I the only reason I'm gonna watch that is because Weird Al's in it. I always watch Lego specials, but they're just they're just cute. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, what was the I watched the holiday special, but I I missed the the Halloween one and I just still haven't, Halloween haven't gone was, back to it. Halloween one's fun. I think the holiday special I liked a little bit more. Um, but the Halloween one's pretty fun too. It's more like it's it's less like the hot like the holiday special was like a more of a straightforward movie where the Halloween special is like 
couple of different stories. There's like a story about like Grievous and a story about Moth and like stuff like that. It was cool. It was interesting. And Poe was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so you've got you've got the the summer vacation coming out in what you said ten days, right? Yeah. Then you've got Andor on the thirty first, which that's being that that's twelve episodes. That's gonna run for eleven weeks. He's the first two. I don't know why they keep doing this first two episode deal. It's like, come on, just stretch it out a little bit more. Yeah, I just wonder if they had a schedule for stuff, and then COVID, it, like st- stuff is still being pushed back because of covid stuff that would have been earlier mm-hmm. you know and they're trying to shorten up a little bit yeah so you've got and andor is going to overlap into into the bad batch quite For a bit sure. actually now that i think about it yeah was well, yeah i mean the bad batch will have enough episodes where it'll i don't think it'll still get its own area towards the end uh plus i'll take star wars twice a week <laughs> it, right so the bad batch is oh boy so that's the 28th so they're still doing they're still doing wednesdays so we're gonna have two new star wars shows for several oh, they're, weeks they're doubled up on wednesdays yeah because Andor Andor's the 31st of august that's a wednesday and then the 28th of september is also a wednesday so we're gonna have we're gonna have quite a bit to 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 watch Oh my gosh. And then that'll definitely get us through December, I think, with Tales of the Jedi as well. Mm-hmm. That'll take so then February we have Mando season three. And then in the spring we're also in or in that year at least, we're also getting Visions, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew is slated for 2023. Mm-hmm. Possibly Acolyte. Definitely not, maybe. No, because Acoly- I think Acolyte is still being written. I think I think if anything it it would be the end of twenty three, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. Wow. Actually, now they just announced the 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 lead for that show. Now that I think yeah. about it. Well, and then there's also we don't know when they're coming out, but there's Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron, as well as um, whatever Taika Waititi's movie is, which I thrilled i i love teko itt i know thor love and thunder was controversial as far as other people liked it or not i had a great time i'm very excited for his star wars yeah we we talked about that on the inflatable falcon um i i'm actually more excited for for his movie now that i've seen love and thunder love and thunder was great thor ragnarok is I think still my favorite Marvel film, period. That's I love that movie to death. Um, and they, you know, kind of undid its stuff in Infinity War, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very, I, I love him. Jojo Rabbit is another one of my favorite movies, and he did that one. It's, it's great. It's interesting. You might need a particular sense of humor to like it. I love it um what we do in the shadows the movie i've not seen the show but i've heard it's fantastic but the movie i like he's just he's great his episodes of the mandalorian are awesome and i can't wait for him to just do more do more anything i love him (laughs) yeah Um, i i I hope i hope the 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 critical reception of love and thunder doesn't hinder his 
his uh, ability to get work within Disney. Because I, I, you know, kind of like... I feel like it happened. hasn't been that bad, though. I mean, because, like, even you think, like, because someone, like, I saw TikTok and it was, like, the worst reviewed Marvel things. And their scores were still, like, all, like, 70%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... I, I think some people it just it has a it. six out of seven, sixty-seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes. So Rotten Tomatoes is not like their Google user says eighty percent liked this movie. You know, yeah, like four out of five on Games Radar. So, yeah, my 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 go-to is always Metacritic because that's that seems to be the most accurate in in my humble opinion. Let me see, Metacritic, fifty-seven uh, percent. Oh. That's not too good. I see. I love Thor: Love and Thunder. I did too. It was Granted. fun. I Natal- loved it. it Natalie great. Portman is my. It, that oh, that she, is my. That is she my. Knocked it out of the park. We were walking out of the theater and like on the drive home, I was like, "So, like, do you think like EVA film?" And my dad goes, "Yeah, that would work." Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I gotta he's... work on my arms before that, though. Hey, but he's already got your helmet printed. Yeah, so. that doesn't fit my head. At least the first one he printed. It's yeah. way too small. Yeah, trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get a smaller head. Um. Yeah, uh, lots of really awesome Star Wars stuff to look forward to. I know comic fans, you guys are fed year round. I need to catch up on catch up so I can be on your team. But even books wise, we have Padawan tomorrow. Uh, the the um Leia and Han book, Princess and the Smuggler comes out soon. Uh High Republic stuff's coming out. Also, the Light and Magic documentary comes out on Wednesday, and I'm very excited for that. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait to see watch that. Um, lots of good Star Wars stuff, lots of good Marvel stuff coming out of San Diego right now. Um, nerds are we're having a great time, honestly. Anyone who's not in the geek team, we're missing out. Yeah, we're eating good in the neighborhood. <laughs> right. We have She-Hulk in a couple weeks. Uh, um, Wakanda Forever in a couple months. Oh, man, that trailer. Did you see the Black Panther trailer? I did. Look, I... I was crying. Aquaman and Namor are two of my favorite characters. And to finally see him on screen after being teased all the way back in 2010, it, yeah, I'm 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 pumped. I just I'm honestly that teaser trailer they had, I was like, okay, that's it. Don't give me more. I have the vibe now. This looks awesome. I don't keep keep it. I don't want anything else until the movie comes out. Yeah, I think I think the thing that that they announced, which which I I wish Star Wars would have had something. I think you know. they're waiting for D twenty three. Because I think wait that long. I know, but I think because like we have celebration, you know. Yeah. So like we get that. So like we got we do have to share with Marvel sometimes. <laughs> we have to give them their spotlight. <laughs> yeah, I I just I I need a, I need an HD version of the Mandalorian trailer. I'm I'm tired of watching these cam footage from from Celebration. <laughs> it was pretty good on the big screen. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they will. At least, like I know there's some things they don't end up releasing 
Like, I know, because, like, the Bad Batch, they showed us a different version than the one they posted online. Because, like, I texted my friend. I was like, I was like, here's the stuff that was in the Bad Batch trailer. And she was like, oh, I just watched it. I was like, oh. And then I looked up the one. I was like, no, this is a different one. Here's the stuff that was in the Bad Batch trailer. Um, So I don't know if they'll end up releasing our version of the trailer. I hope they do, because I... Like I just really liked the way that it was cut. Um, yeah, it was it was very well put together. At least you know from the the two forty p quality that I yeah. saw. Well, I, I like I liked having like Palpatine at the end in that, and just I the I preferred the way that one was cut. Hold on, um, wait a minute. What in the the Bad Batch trailer we saw? Oh, okay. Sorry, I was thinking the Mandalorian. I was no, no, I was no, about to say, no, no. I'm not talking about the Bad Batch. No, we saw a different version of the trailer than the one that was released. And okay. our version of Pal- no Palpatine and the Mandalorian that would be nuts. Um, no, but I saw. I like, but like I'm saying, like that was like a separate version of a trailer. So I don't know if they'll end up releasing that one. I hope they do. But like the Mandalorian trailer, I feel like they're gonna release at some point. Yeah, might be I, a little while, but <laughs> too bad it, it doesn't come out until February. So, because Din Djarin, I, I, I've said this before on our podcast, but I've I've always been a Star Wars fan, but The Mandalorian completely reignited the obsession that I had. So, I mean, there's a reason that 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 Din Djarin was the first like character that I I took the costume seriously, as opposed to you know just like a closet cosplay, where it. You know, I actually I, I buckled down and, and did it. I did it right. So I I'm very excited for for season three of The Mandalorian. That's the thing that I, now that Kenobi's over, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. See, I've got my main hype is right now is Bad Batch because my boy Cody is in it and my boy Gunji's in it. And oh, my God, Gunji. Yeah, I, sorry. I know I was like literally screaming and crying in that arena. I, I would have been embarrassed, but everyone else around me was also screaming and crying, so it was fine. Uh, yeah, but I I do have no doubt that Andor is gonna. I think Andor is gonna. I'm gonna. Not that I I'm excited for Andor, but I think I have a feeling I'm gonna go into it a little bit not prepared, and it's gonna be way cooler than I already think it's gonna be. That's just. That's yeah. what I think. <laughs> I, th- I think Andor is going to be the most divisive thing, or excuse me, decisive thing they've put out since since the, the sequel trilogy. I've I've got a very bad feeling that it that everyone's either going to love it and think it's the best thing since sliced bread or absolutely hate it. But I, yeah. I think I think no matter what, I don't think anyone is ready for for what they're what they're prepared to do. I think it's it's going to be the most gritty and in 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 my opinion, it looks like one of the best shows they've done. Mm-hmm. Just because it's 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 a very different point of view than than we're used to seeing. Yeah. We're used to seeing you know the the space wizards with laser swords, and you know you don't see the 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 common folk of the of the galaxy too often. And yeah. I think I think having a show center centered around that that concept is going to really take people by surprise yeah and something and like rogue one is depends on the day but it's usually my favorite star wars movie um and one thing i liked about it was how we got kind of those hints of like the rebellion like in order to save lives and to topple this empire 
they have to get their hands dirty, unfortunately, because it's nice to be like, oh, the princess swooping in to save all the little, you know, children in whatever comic book or like, oh, like Luke flying in in his little X-Wing and destroying this planet killing weapon. But like, like Cassian has to shoot his contract in, or his contact in the back, you know, they have to do some bad to do some good. And that was, I, I would say explored like a tiny bit in Rogue One, like we definitely saw a little bit, but I think getting to really see that be grappled with is something we can expect from Andor. Uh, and I'm very excited to see how that happens. Yeah. Plus, it's always nice to see live action clone troopers again. Mm-hmm. That and like we see like in Rebels and a little bit in Rogue One, the Mon Mothma Salguerra conflict. And it'll be I <laughs> I think we're gonna get Sogarera in some capacity. He's 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 everywhere, you know. It's not a year in Star Wars if we don't get a little saw, you know, of all the Clone Wars characters. Who <laughs> would have thought? But <laughs> um, I would like to see a little bit of him and see a little bit more of that that two sides of a rebellion where they're fighting for the same thing, but just they can't agree and that's splitting them and causing problems um this is another book thing but like there's the, the book about Jin rebel rising mm-hmm. they uh and beth i think it's beth reeves wrote the book described it way better than i will but they there's like this gala with like a bunch of imperial officers but also a lot of like innocent people who like you know are a little rich um and maybe involved in some shader business but not you know murdered like and they set off these like it's really beautifully described. I'm going to butcher it. But they set off these like blade things that shoot blades everywhere and like kill them. It's like blood everywhere. And it's like, that's the kind of thing like Saul Guerrero is doing. And then you have Mon Mothma, who's kind of, you know, in some, from some perspectives, like hindering what the rebellion can do. I think getting to see at least the Mon, like the Mon Mothma side of it will be interesting in Andor. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to see the the kind of duality of, you know, where you've got like Bail Organa and, and Mon Mothma who are who are, you know, pulling strings behind the scenes in in the Senate, you know, and <clears throat> it, they show it really well in the trailer, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. where you've got, you know, the, the the nice, pretty white dress that that she's wearing to to an event contrasted against, you know, Cassian, who's who's in the trenches getting his hands dirty and. And, you know, just kind of seeing that duality of like, you can do it the clean way and, you know, in the Senate. And you can also be, you know, playing your cards behind the scenes of, of you know, you've got these these freedom fighters like Cassian. And in a lot of ways, like you do need both. Um, and I think that's something we'll see sort of form and come together. I, I have to bring it back to Leia Princess of Alderaan. Like we see that, too. We've got a lot of Vale and Preya. And like we see... Like how Baylor Gun has to pull some strings so he can like because you know not only is he like fighting the Empire, but he's like, like, I need to get aid to these people that are suffering. Like they can't just sit and die while we try and do this, you know? And seeing how that balances, I think, is something I'm excited for. Yeah. And like I said, I think Andor is gonna be the it's it if it doesn't bring everyone back together and you know, as as one fan base, I think it's going to to drive a massive wedge well 
and that's that's the, that's that's the <laughs> nothing the, we the, haven't the, dealt with before. Right, we're used to it. <laughs> yeah, I I think um I think everyone kind of under that that umbrella of I. So our, our our podcasts are under the umbrella of the, it's called the Unifying Fandom Network, um, where it's it's the Beskar Bucket, the Inflatable Falcon, Karita Cast, and uh, the Forces Behind Star Wars. So we've I, I don't know if if anyone's approached you about that yet or not. I think my dad mentioned it to me, but I didn't get time to like talk to Lizzie about it and stuff. But in a nutshell, it's it's basically, you know, it's 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 the ones who just love the franchise for what it is. You know, we we're not sitting here like, you know, picking everything apart. So I, I think, you know, we, we all fall into that same umbrella of like, yeah, yeah, there there's quite a few people who don't like what's out there. But, you know, we, we love everything. So like you said, it's not that, nothing we haven't dealt with before. But it'll be it'll be very interesting to see see what everyone thinks of Andor because I'm 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 thoroughly excited for it and I can't wait to Diego Luna is also a fantastic actor mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see him him back in in the spotlight. Yeah, well, and I think I'm I think Rogue One, from my memory at least, was very very well received and was pretty unifying and you know it's also from the maybe roast into glasses of looking from pre-TLJ era. <laughs> but um, so I'm hoping that can carry over. Um, and also like everyone loves K2SO because he's awesome. And I can't wait to see more of him. And hopefully K2SO can bring us together in his big metal arms. Well, you're going to have to wait until season two. I know, I know, <laughs> but... I'm hoping like the ending, like the finale will have K2. I love K2. He's great. Although I will never forgive Alan Tudyk because it's Celebration Chicago. I went to the Mandalorian for season one panel in the morning. And then the Clone Wars season seven panel was that afternoon. And so I didn't want to lose my seats. So I just waited in the arena all day. Turns out I didn't have to because there were plenty of seats. Uh, but in the middle of that, I got to see the Alan Tudyk panel. And at the end of that panel, he goes, now I'm going to show everyone in the audience a special sneak peek that from what we've been filming for Andor. And I was like, oh my gosh. Then it was a fake little video of Kato was so playing with dolls, which is still cute. <laughs> but I, I can never forget Alan Tudyk. I'm so excited to see Andor. So... Still beef. Yeah. Hopefully the 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 new droid that they they announced with the uh, the black series line. Hopefully he he kind of captures that that same essence that that K two had in Rogue One. Because I I don't know what kind uh, if it's a new droid or what, but it's nothing that I recognize. It it looks mm-hmm. like a mix between an astromech and a and a gonk droid. Oh, that little thing. Yeah the 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 red cardboard yeah. box. Yeah, I really don't know what that is, but I'm excited. Um, I'll just, in the meantime, while I wait for more K2, I'll just have to watch. I'll have to read Mighty Chewbacca again, because that's that has some good K2. It's K2 and Chewbacca. It's fantastic. Yeah, you can't really go wrong with that. Yeah. And there was yeah. like, that book was kind of weird. There was like alive trees. 
mean, trees are alive, but like, you know what I mean? It's interesting. You are far, far more caught up on the books than I am. I think the only ones that are out now that I haven't read are these two that just came out in the past like month or two. Shadow of the Sith and T- Stories of Jedi and Sith. The rest I've read, I'm in the process of rereading a few. So I can review them and put that on the website. Yeah, the only canon book that I've read is uh, the Dr. Aphra book. And that was only after several months of prodding by is your dad. Is that the audio drama? Like, did you read the script or did you listen to it? I Both. So I, I actually just re I the past couple weeks have been re-listening to the audiobooks on the way to work. I read the Jedi Lost, Afra, and then I did the Tempest Runner one for the High Republic. I think Afra is still my favorite. Yeah, it's see, it's it's very I I'm super unmedicated ADHD. So reading it like I can get through a couple pages and then I'm like, oh, but I can mm-hmm. do this other thing too. <laughs> and then yeah, audiobooks are the best way to to encapsulate me but i again unmedicated adhd where i'll be listening to it like on my way to work because i've got i've got like a 35 minute drive um but if i stop at any point listening to it i totally move on to something else and i just Mm -hmm. i'm very forgetful to go back to it like i'm halfway through the imc3po book the the anthony daniels autobiography still haven't finished it and i started that six months ago we all have our things yeah but I'll rewatch Revenge of the Sith for the 1100th time hey good movie um yeah well I think we're gonna have to wrap up because it is getting a little bit late and I have work tomorrow yeah me too thank you so much for coming on and talking about Obi-Wan with me Mm -hmm. I'll do the Star Wars Geek Girl plugs really quick um, so we have the Facebook page, Star Wars Geek Girl, Twitter, Instagram at SWGeekGirl, StarWarsGeekGirl.com. There's a monthly poll. And then I would normally do book reviews Mondays, quizzes Wednesdays, blog articles, blog articles Fridays. That's been on a hiatus while I've been working tons of hours at my summer job to save up for when I go out to LA. Uh, so little hiatus next couple weeks. I think once I'm in LA, I'll see what my schedule looks like there and hopefully be able to pick that back up for now little height is i'm still the monthly poll i can manage that i've still been able to do that but the other stuff on a little bit of a break do you have your stuff would you like to plug your stuff yeah so i i am the host of the beskar bucket podcast there is no real rhyme or reason to when or 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 what i release episodes on um basically in a nutshell just to say what it is is you know i i use it as a platform to to highlight other creators and 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 what they're doing so um again no rhyme or reason to when when it comes out but there's there's currently three and a half episodes up i i say a half because i did it in in episode zero but uh, our most recent episode is with uh, ken from the forces behind star wars we talked about uh, all the, the different costuming clubs and whatnot and then also we have the inflatable falcon podcast which is myself Mike Hinton, your dad, and uh, and also Ken Bishop from the Forces Behind Star Wars. Uh, we get together live Wednesday nights at eight. Um, so Eastern that time. is on Eastern time, right? I often forget that <laughs> we're not all on the same time zone. <laughs> but but yeah, so we're we're live Wednesday nights. We we will talk about anything and everything 
I don't, we haven't set a topic for this week yet, but I'm sure we'll figure something out on Wednesday night at 7.59. The topic usually goes all over the place anyway. Yeah. When I listen. It's fluid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But. But yeah, so Beskar Bucket is anywhere anywhere podcasts can be found. Um, and then the Inflatable Falcon is is uh, if you just look up the Inflatable Falcon podcast on YouTube, that's uh, that's where you'll find us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. It was really really great to talk Obi Wan with you, um, even though it's been a while since it came out. Uh, yeah. Thank you again. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, I know, again, we're a little late in the uptake, but if you have any thoughts about Obi-Wan or any of the upcoming Star Wars stuff, uh, just hit us up on you know, Twitter. Twitter is probably where I'll get the fastest response because uh, we cannot figure out how to get me logged in on the Instagram. That's just Lizzie. Um, and she's, again, very busy. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. I was Zoe. I am John. (laughs) Thank you again for listening to Star Wars Geek Girl. May the force be with you and goodbye. Star Wars Geek Girls They're geek girls that like Star Wars And sometimes cry.